September 7th, 1927. Philo Farnsworth achieves the first electronic television, eventually reaching his dream of falling asleep to a Cheers rerun. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. <laughs> I'm Zach Powers. And I'm so happy to welcome back our guest tonight, Allison Rose, everyone. Hello. Allison, thank you for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. Zach, thank you for rushing home as always, even though some idiot was blocking the train. Yeah, somebody uh, on the train, I'm pretty sure on a car that was not mine, was blocking the doors because they said the doors are closing like 10 times and the conductor came on and was like, please unobstruct the doors. And I saw her get out and walk past our car. So plus side, my train became an express train right to my stop. Perfect. that's a minor, but yes, some 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 idiot or asshole holding up for his friends. Um, I imagine a man in a backwards cap who's yeah. like, my bros are right there, dude. My bros are right there. <laughs> we got to see the bean or whatever other Chicago shit. I mean, I would think they would be going to Wrigley Field, but it's probably too late for a game. Yeah, true. Okay. Maybe they're going to like the wilted tilt or tilted kilt. What is it the called? Wilted, tilted kilt. The wilted <laughs> tilt. The wilted tilt. <laughs> of course. Slightly That's... sloppy leaning place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's going to be my like sexy... Next time I run a D&D campaign, that's like the sexy bar in town. <laughs> the, wil- the wilted tilt. And everyone will be yeah. like, what does this mean? <laughs> what does this have to do with sex at all? Yeah, but it's like old people. So they're like tilting, but like they can't quite maintain it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I see. That's, uh, that's better than just drunkenly tilting, wilting yeah. at the end of the night. I mean, both can occur. That's that's true. Zach, your smile when you said that was the most charming thing I've ever seen. Brian is low key in love. One time, Brian said he's I'm the most handsome man he knows, or something like that. Yeah, Uh, apropos of nothing. Did I say that on a? I I don't know. You said something extremely flattering about me to maybe not on a podcast, but on Facebook or something. Low key. I don't know if there's any revisionist shippers out there. Yeah, if you have if you have any slash fiction of Zach and me, oh, uh, don't send it to us. <laughs> people people have voted no on Jen and Shannon. There's a ship going on here. This is a, you know Harry Draco level power. Oh boy, I'm clearly a Neville Longbottom. No, that's true. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think Draco is accurate for me because I am racist to non magical people. <laughs> So does people, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yes. Pretty much. <laughs> I, uh, I barely know you and I was going to say Draco still, too. Not not yeah. Harry. So. No. No. I yeah. think it's a compliment. I mean, you seem more, like, see more like a Ravenclaw than I would not be the boy me. who lit. If somebody tried to kill me as a baby, I guarantee I'd be dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> My will to live as a baby, not that strong, <laughs> turns out. Hollywood... Hogwarts has the same first two letters. <laughs> what? So my transition got backwards. Hogwarts has the same first two letters as another famous place full of magic and stars called Hollywood. You've uh, killed I Brian. Your trans- uh, I thought your segue was just screaming Hollywood. <laughs> no, yeah, I accidentally said the wrong place first, so it killed my segue, which was otherwise as good as you could expect, I think. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah. 
Full yeah, of magic. Uh, first two letters. <laughs> Solid. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, movie magic, that is. Ooh. And... <laughs> And uh, I think that uh, this right now on The Revisionist, we are covering, uh, if you haven't listened before, I guess I should uh, start by <laughs> undoing my transition and saying this is an <laughs> alternate history podcast show. And we're back. <laughs> Much like uh, how Hogwarts tells an alternate story of the 1990s from a wizard perspective, this is an alternate history podcast show uh. in which one person will tell the real history of a person place or thing and another person will tell a crazy batship in his alternate version of that same person place or thing that can be as wild as they like uh that person bad as you want to be yeah they could be a llama the entire story could be that napoleon was just a llama and he ate grass and that was the story of napoleon (laughs) um usually they're more exciting but that could be an option that's valid i'll throw out Um, my llama story yeah I don't think that one would win. Um, <laughs> it's like the children's book, uh, Llama Llama, Red Pajama, Dead in the Siberian Wastes, or whatever. Yep. Yeah, one of one of uh, Dr. Seuss's political Helen. works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Targeting um, Napoleon. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Napoleon, who's dead by the time I'm writing books. Anyway, then another person tells an alternate version that can be as crazy as they want. And at the end, we vote on what becomes the true history of this brilliant blue spinning, luminescent marble we call the Earth going forward. And right now, we're talking about one particular place on Earth called Hollywood and all of its <laughs> scandals and tragedies. Yeah. Um, last time, we talked about Thelma Todd's silent era slash early talky comedic movie actress mm-hmm. who died mysteriously in her car. Uh, the alternate history in which it was a vast conspiracy involving... JFK and Marilyn Monroe and multiple murders was the victor in that particular case. Uh, this week we are discussing a topic I already <laughs> I did not do the research this time. That's why I'm doing the intro. Zach has been very busy and he just got off a train, listeners. So kind of the most flag. exhausting task riding a train. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're discussing William Desmond Taylor. Uh, I'll be doing the true story. And Alton will be doing the alternate. Hey there, this is Brian reminding you that The Revisionist is supported by listeners just like you. You can make a pledge and get rewards like shirts and even the right to vote over at patreon.com slash the revisionists. If we're all ready to go, Brian, are you ready to take it away? Let's, let's do this shit. William Desmond Taylor was born William Cunningham Dean Tanner uh, in 1872 in uh, County Carlow, Ireland. Um, <laughs> okay. It's a C minus. Uh, yeah. County Carlow, Ireland. Eh? You uh, are, in yeah, fact, yeah, yeah. Irish. I and I think you've had to renounce that now. Yeah. <laughs> you are from nowhere now. <laughs> That's yeah. exact. I, uh, I am a Ronin, no longer yeah. Irish. It's bad Ar- Arya Stark situation now. Now that I'm no longer yeah. Irish, I get to pretend to be Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Um yeah. His family was Anglo-Irish gentry, boo. Um, he had five siblings, one of whom was notable. Um, Dennis, um, Dennis Gage Dean Tanner, who... Uh, uh, I was hoping you were going to say Dennis Miller, but no. Yeah, no, Dennis Miller, uh, who 
Dennis Gage, Dean Tanner, much like Dennis Miller, disappeared. Um, uh, all of this happened in 19 and became super conservative after 9 11. Yeah, yeah. Um, so between the years uh, 1885 and 1887, uh, William Desmond Taylor, uh, he didn't adopt that name till later, but fuck it, we're gonna call him that. Because um, the other name sucks, and he yeah. was right. Yeah, it was a lot less. <laughs> yeah, this was a good call in terms of Hollywood names. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my notes, he's just WDT. Um, mm-hmm. uh, WDTF. What? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Between, WTD. <laughs> uh, between 1885 and 1887, he attended Marlboro College uh, in England. The college that's in Flavor Country. <laughs> Knew it. Uh, um, and then in 1890, uh, after attending college, he went to work on a dude ranch in Kansas. Technical term. Yep. Um, I should say, uh, before we get too deep into this, um, a lot of this came from Wikipedia, but uh, a large portion of it uh, came from uh, Classic Hollywood Bios, a website, specifically an article written by, uh, and I hope I don't fuck this name up, Dina DiMambro. Um so check her out. She has a book called Hollywood, True Hollywood Noir, I believe it's called. Um, anywho, spoiler alert. Also, um, so also going to a, so working on a dude ranch. Wait, 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 wait. Your sources are a spoiler alert. Well, I guess True Hollywood Noir was a spoiler alert, but we already kind of said that. Um, no, we were just going to tell the story about a nice actor man <laughs> <laughs> whom nothing Old happened age. to. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. Um, <laughs> This is the story of Paul Newman. Just a pretty good guy. <laughs> yep. I would seriously do an episode on Paul Newman. I would, I would, fuck it, I would do the shit out of an episode on Paul Newman. Um, <laughs> I love my, I love me some Polly Ann. Um, don't know. Um, that was part of a trend among like the gentry uh, to send their sons to become gentlemen farmers. So oh. that equals dude ranch, I guess. Yeah. Um, gentlemen farmers mm, they like farm those gentlemen. plebeian farmers oh yeah mm-hmm. classy kansas farmers very <laughs> <laughs> well to do uh, as someone who has driven through kansas nothing no, but gentlemen as uh, someone who was born in kansas <laughs> oh yeah that's true uh wait which part of kansas south central nowhere okay um because zach well, you're my, f- my family is from kansas uh Hayes, Scott City. Oh, okay. Kinda. We're an yeah. hour west of Wichita. This is fascinating okay, for yeah, the yeah. listeners. Wasn't it your mom <laughs> who went to college with BTK? Oh, my dad thinks he had a class with BTK. No, my mom lived in Wichita around the time that BTK was active. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is the BTK cast. <laughs> yeah, we The BT changed. cast. Um, so, well, he's gentleman farming. Um at some point, he fell in love with acting all over again, uh, which he did, like, in college, and he moved to New York. Uh, at some point, he married uh, Ethel May Hamilton, uh, who was, uh, her stage name was Ethel May Harrison. Uh, she was an actress. Uh, they, as a couple, they were the member of, quote, several yacht clubs. Mm. <laughs> so, fuck you. Um, they had a daughter around 1902, 1903. Um, and William Desmond Taylor was known as a drinker. Um, he was known to be depressed. Uh, he had multiple affairs. Um, not a good husband and father. Um, 
and he, uh, as if to prove that point, vanished in 1908. Um, some, uh, some people said he had like mental lapses around that time. Um, I, I I do like to think that it was actually because somebody accused him of being a good father, and to prove he wasn't, <laughs> he was like, "I'll show them, I'll vanish." <laughs> Call me a good dad, will you? <laughs> um, this coffee cup is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I put quote marks around world's greatest dad. Um. So Ethel May, in 1912, uh, she obtained a state uh, decree of divorce, uh, and she didn't know where he went. They weren't able to track him. Uh, he, his route went through like Canada and Alaska and the Pacific Northwest, uh, taking jobs both acting and mining gold. Um, diverse, diversify. They go hand in hand to this day. Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, you see Anna Kendrick in the mines now and again. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Oscar Isaac. Uh, those mm-hmm. are the mines I want to be in. Um, anyway, 1912, he arrives in San Francisco. Uh, he makes connections with some people he knew in New York who give him some money, and he purchases a house down in Los Angeles. Uh, he begins acting in movies in 1913 uh, and directing in 1914. Uh, he ends up directing over the course of the next few years. Uh, over 50 films and was engaged for five years to um, an actress named <laughs> Neva. A very famous person. <laughs> Neva Gerber. I got the Gerber part right. Can't read what I wrote for the first name. Apologies to Neva Gerber. Well, we um, all know exactly one actress from the 20s and it's not hers, so we're yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to guess it was Neva, N-E-V-A, Gerber. Baby. Yes, that's what it looks like. Google says she was a silent film actress. Oh, perfect. 128 films between 1912 and 1930. Then that is definitely her. I was just like, Neva doesn't seem like a name. Um, <laughs> she died before 1974. It's not her. I. It's probably her. Okay. Um so in 1915... These, these tales tend to involve spousal murder, so I was not 100% sure of her. Yeah, no. Um, 1915, he makes contact with uh, his sister-in-law, uh, the wife of his brother, who disappeared in 1912. Uh, and he begins sending her a monthly check, basically, uh, for the rest of his life. Uh, not super long, but for the rest of his life. Um, so in July of 1918... He enlists in the Canadian Expeditionary Force, and he's deployed to Europe uh, for some World War I action, uh, but he never saw that action. Uh, he was mainly just bumming around England. Um, but he comes back and he directs some, I wrote in my notes, Bafo Picks, uh, um, some big movies. Um, Bafo B.O., yeah. Yep. Uh, his biggest... His biggest movie uh, is the 1919 version of Anne of Green Gables. Um, And then in 1918, uh, in New York City, uh, his former wife, Ethel, is watching the movie Captain Alvarez with uh, their daughter and sees him on screen and just shouts in the in the theater. That's your that's your father. Like, holy shit. Also, if she was in an Alamo, she would have been kicked out. How old was yeah. the kid then? 
kid would have been... Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, 15 or 16. Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, not I, too traumatic. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> I do like the idea of them making one of those Alamo ads where they like play a voicemail from somebody who got kicked out. <laughs> but the person was like, I found my, my husband. <laughs> it seems like they should make an exception for this. No shouting for joy. <laughs> my phone was You're off. Long lost. <laughs> if you're at like a movie party, go for it. But not during a regular screening of Captain Alvarez or whatever the yeah. fuck. To be fair, if I was at Fury Road and someone looked oh up at God. like fucking Nicholas Holt and was like, that's your dad. I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jen and I did go to the... Fury Road movie party last week, and it was the the best thing ever. If you've not seen that movie on a big screen, you should take the opportunity to when you get it. And if if you haven't seen that movie in general, I recommend mm-hmm. uh, it's a good one. Yeah, one of my top five movies of all time. Really? Oh yes. I um, mean, it's good. The top five is pretty. I, it it just I every time I watch it, I just I don't feel any diminishing returns. It's just as enthralling as last time anyway william just for a second i thought for a second i thought you were gonna say every time i watch it i don't feel anything yeah that's why you like it it just wipes you of all emotion (laughs) yeah my usual depression and beleaguerment fades well uh, into a vacuum of neutrality i watch all movies in an iron lung uh and that's really the first thing just devoid of all sensation yeah um so after seeing uh after seeing taylor on the in the movie uh, Ethel uh, writes to the studio uh, and gets in touch with him. They meet up, um, and uh, he's like they visited in New York, and he makes his daughter his heir. Um, but there's nothing about like the sort of relationship they had, or if he was even like sending them money, like he was doing with his sister-in-law. Um, Any hoozle. Um, on the morning of. February 2nd, 1922, uh, 2 to 22, which is cool. Um, uh, his, uh, his body, Taylor's body is found in his bungalow in Westlake, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, fun fact today, that bungalow is the parking lot for a Ross and Dollar Tree. So, fun fact, uh, a crowd eventually gathers. Wow. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> so if you're ever at a Ross in Westlake, uh, know you're at William Desmond Taylor's bungalow site. Assuming it's also, what was the other business? Uh, uh, Dollar, Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree, yeah. Both of those in conjunction. There's probably more than one Ross and, well, maybe not anymore. Yeah. Um, so a crowd gathers around his body because crime scenes were not a thing at the time. Uh, and a person... Uh, the way Wikipedia described this was a person identifying himself as a doctor yeah. um, uh, steps up and like examines Taylor's body and says he died of a stomach hemorrhage. And I think they say claims he was a doctor because of what happened next, which that investigators think- arrive and turn over the body and find a fucking bullet wound in his back. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the background check at doctors on crime scenes back then was like, Basically, like, gun background checks now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm good to do this, man. Are you willing? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a responsibility I am up for, and that is all you need to know. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, Taylor was eventually buried in uh, Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Uh, his body, he had seventy eight dollars in his wa- in his wallet, uh, which would be uh, eleven hundred seventy dollars today. Um, according again, according to Wikipedia, that seems insane to me, but whatever. Um, Both seventy eight and one thousand are a lot to have in your wallet to me. Yeah, so that's, good that's for him true. either yeah. way. <laughs> that's true. I have two dollar bills in my wallet right now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Um, I, the thing I wrote down was like along with other rich stuff. Like he had like a diamond ring and like fucking and a monocle a and like gold a Fabergé egg. Yeah, I don't know. Fucking oil. I don't know. Um, oil, <laughs> just the oil in his stri- boots, just <laughs> a bubbling crude. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Texas tea. Yeah. <laughs> Black gold. <laughs> um, he also had a locket with a picture of actress Mabel Normand in it, um, with whom uh, he had spent the previous night. Uh, she was the last person to see him alive, as far as I remember. Yes. Um, I did not write that part down for some reason, even though it's totes pertinent. Um a, he he was missing a large but uh, uncounted sum of cash that he had shown his accountant the day before. I don't know why they say just like shown his accountant. Like, look at this. It's like, just <laughs> check this out. Are huh? you impressed? <laughs> look how much I'm not paying you. <laughs> um, his time of death was established at 7.50 p.m. the night before. Um, the... Um, uh, Mary uh, Mary Miles Minter, uh, great name, another actress, said that um, the actor and director uh, Marshall Nealon said that uh, Taylor had, quote, recently become insane. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> cool. That seems solid. Don't need to check yeah. that out. It's one of those things like, you know... You think maybe your friend has become insane and then you wait and then eventually you see the post on Facebook that's like, has become insane, <laughs> change their status to insane. Yep. Um, God, God damn it. Um, sorry, I realized I had to pull up the article for something. Um, there was some concern around Hollywood around this time about like bad publicity. This is in the wake of the Fatty Arbuckle scandal and trials. <laughs> Bad publicity, meaning basic accountability. Yeah. Uh, I mean, coming at it from the studio's perspective, they were, like, afraid of uh, any more bad press, basically. Uh, sure. Which, it was high alert time. Um, which meant that uh, studio representatives came to Taylor's house during the investigation and cleaned it out. It, so there's a bunch of stuff taken from his house that we don't know what it was. Um, gold. Gold, pr- maybe. Uh, <laughs> oil, loose oil that <laughs> yeah, lying like, around. I mean, that's the thing. You could just like hoover Pools that up. blood and oil. <laughs> Same thing, man. Same fucking thing. Um, sorry. Uh, a retired cop later said, uh, like decades after the fact, that about a week after the case, they were told to, quote, lay off uh, for no discernible reason. That might just be a cop bullshitting. Who knows? Um, so 
every source I've read lists multiple suspects when there's one. There's one who clearly did it, uh, and the rest are there for filler, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to talk about... And obviously the one who did it, Hillary Clinton, everybody <laughs> knows it. <laughs> that was like the weirdest thing about Jeffrey Epstein's death was just like how quickly people were like, if you don't believe Hillary Clinton did this, oh, you're dude. a fool. Yeah, I think Epstein's death is unique because I have never seen a situation where like conspiracy became the number one option for everybody so quickly. It doesn't matter yeah. if you're on the left, the right, like yeah. it was murder. Like 75% of the population immediately was like, well, this is a conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one's That's ever killed point. themselves yeah, in immediately. prison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never seen a conspiracy theory just become basically public fact. Yeah, public opinion fact so fast. Yeah, Jesus. Um, so there's a a little a little fellow named Edward Sands, uh, who worked as uh, Taylor's valet and cook until seven months before the murder, uh, when Taylor fired him. Uh, Sands had prior convictions for embezzlement. Uh, forgery and serial desertion from the navy um how do you even so he deserted mm-hmm. uh, and, and then, then he, he like returned? took a fake name uh oh, and like what? re-enlisted <laughs> he was like let's give this another go <laughs> you know what maybe me and the navy have a little more spark left in us uh, come on baby let me back <laughs> i made a mistake i just love boats <laughs> um so, uh, Edward Sands also talked with a fake Cockney accent. He was from Ohio. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, oh like, hello, governor. My name's Edward Sands. Uh, this is of. my favorite guy now. Yeah. I don't care that he killed somebody. <laughs> Taylor fired him largely because on a, on a trip to Europe, he, uh, Sands forged a bunch of checks in Taylor's name, spending about $5,000 of his money. Uh, wrecked Taylor's car. If seventy-eight dollars yeah. is <laughs> yeah. like one thousand one hundred dollars now, that's a, gotta be that's a hot a pizza. Yeah, that's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. I mm, yeah. a yes. lot, a lot of money. Yes. And um, after after Taylor fired him, Sands robbed Taylor's house a couple times. Uh, even at one point going so far as to, like, walk across Taylor's bed and leave footprints there, seemingly intentionally. Real um, footprints. I'm never leaving this bit. Okay. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fucking Casper or whatever. <laughs> Super comfortable Casper mattresses. Um, For reference, it would be approximately $70,500. No shit. Uh, Sands also uh, is one of the few people... Well, Taylor was alive, who knew Taylor's past life, basically, uh, knew his real identity. And also, uh, after the murder, Sands disappeared and was never heard from again. So, Edward Sands, there's some other suspects they list, several actresses who are like, oh, she was romantically obsessed with him. Maybe she did it, but come on. She had the women crazies. Yeah. <laughs> she changed her Facebook status to insane, but the day before. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. There is one um, man who got railroaded. I want to tell his story real quick before we close. Uh, Henry Peavy, who was uh, Taylor's valet after Sands got fired. 
Uh, PB was the man who found uh, Taylor's body, actually. And the Wikipedia article, ooh, ooh, doctor. What? Uh, it mentions that uh, newspapers noted that PB wore flashy golf costumes but did not own any golf clubs. Did you say ooh, doctor? I, I That's did. why I said what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's not a thing. <laughs> that's a thing. No, it's not. I've I've heard that before. My more than thinking that's a thing, I thought there was someone named Ooh Doctor. <laughs> that's more logical to me. <laughs> okay, listeners, you've heard that before, right? Right, Ed. Um, revisionist podcast. So I've looked up. Email. I've looked up Ooh Doctor first. <laughs> The first result is ooh ooh Doctor Who full version with a picture of David Tennant. That's a video. <laughs> um, there's a video called Ooh Doctor You Sonicked Her, which I think is probably also a Doctor Who thing. Yes, but maybe a porn parody. Yeah, and then one called Ooh Doctor 10 Contemporary Medical Humiliation dot dot dot. <laughs> And that's on what? Goodreads. <laughs> Wait. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. So it's not like So a... it must be It's Ooh Doctor 10 Contemporary Medical Humiliation st- Short Stories by Kinsey Gray. Thank you, Kinsey Gray. <laughs> She's not paying us. We don't need to <laughs> You can get a copy of that on Kindle Unlimited for zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hell There yeah. is a sexy undressed woman on the cover. Ah, nice. okay. That. Ooh, doctor. <laughs> this doctor fucks. So anyway, sorry. now we know what Brian has been reading. <laughs> <laughs> it's that and dinosaur porn. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Um, three days before Taylor's murder, PB had been arrested for, quote, social vagrancy and charged with being, quote, lewd and dissolute. I should note at this point that I did not before. Uh, Henry PB uh, was black. And so, but about, like, after question, putting him through intense questioning, the police ruled him out as a suspect. But the uh, Hollywood correspondent of the New York Daily News, a woman named Florabel Muir, um, decided that he was the murderer. Um, and so this is excerpted from uh, Robert Giroux. Again, this is just on the Wikipedia. Muir thought she could engineer a scoop by tricking PV into a confession. Again, this is a quote from Wikipedia, not from my mouth. She knew, parentheses, from the movies, that blacks, <laughs> that blacks were deathly afraid of ghosts. So... A fact that you learned in the movies in... When was this? 1920s? Yeah. To be fair, probably something the movies genuinely believed at the time. Yeah, I, I've seen movies of this era. It's a thing they do. Have it... you've ever, if you've never seen... Um, horror noir on shutter there is in mm-hmm. fact a segment of that where uh it's about the history of horror where black people tended to play like superstitious fools right mm-hmm. yeah that's a it's a horror noirs are really really good it's uh, quite good yes i recommend it um get that free shutter month watch it you don't have to re-up <laughs> <laughs> so um she got two buddies and um made a plan she offered PV $10 to identify Taylor's grave in the cemetery, uh, which is weird. One of her friends, a man named um, Al Weinshank, had gone on ahead in the cemetery and put on just a white sheet. 
and uh, your wow. uh, your and her other friend drove PV to the cemetery, and Wan Chang jumped out and said, "I am the ghost of William Desmond Taylor. You murdered me. Confess, PV." Um, they and this was the first Hollywood horror nights. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't. They didn't realize that Weinshank uh, spoke with like a tough Chicago accent, <laughs> and um, was not a complete fucking moron. <laughs> well, and PB like just like laughed out loud and, uh, according to the quote, cursed them roundly. <laughs> um, also, they didn't know that Taylor William Desmond Taylor had a distinctive British accent. So presumably his ghost would too, I guess. I don't know. Accents um, transcend physical bodies. Everyone's American in the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I've read that everyone has a New Zealand accent in the afterlife, which oh. sounds nice. That's fancy. Um, Ooh, doctor. PB. <laughs> it's a... I'm gonna make a bunch of Ooh, doctor shirts. That's gonna be that's gonna be my new catchphrase. I think PB. Uh, was I don't recommend this. <laughs> I've, I, I'm identifying myself as a doctor right now, and I do not recommend this course of action. <laughs> uh, also, I have a bullet in my back. PB's basically been cleared. He died in 1931, and the case has never been officially solved, but fucking Edward Sands did it. Uh, okay. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Well, that's all wrong. But, uh... <laughs> One of my favorite things on this podcast is just the summary dismissal of everything I've done before. Around. Literally everything. The names, the dates. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, some of it's pretty good. Uh, this did come to me in a fever dream. Haven't reread it since, so probably makes sense. Uh, honestly, you know, William Desmond Taylor's true history is pretty similar to the one Brian found on Wikipedia. Uh, with... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that felt like a slam, but it did. <laughs> it is a slam, to be honest. <laughs> Against our podcast as a whole. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But there's uh, one important distinction right off the bat. Uh, On April 26, 1872, William Cunningham Dean Tanner came into existence, but he wasn't born. Uh, (laughs) He was voted into existence by the women's suffrage movement in the United States uh, after they decided that, you know, against, although it went against their ultimate goals and dreams, they might need a man to uh, infiltrate some organizations and do their bidding. Uh, The first democratic conception. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly the last, but... (laughs) It was a failed experiment. Anyway, so in 1872, you know, a few months before Susan B. Anthony voted in the presidential election, uh, the suffragists came together and willed William Desmond Taylor into existence uh, because the people in Salem got it right. Women are for sure witches and you should be scared. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> given that this was their first time making a person. Uh, to, to be fair, I believe we have established on this podcast 
that the Salem witches are time travelers who are spread throughout history doing mm-hmm. God knows what. Oh, well, then and, like, this kind of fits. Also. Uh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about the part of this podcast where we wrap old stories into our new ones. I like that. That's the part of the podcast I forget about. All the time. It seems like yeah. an integral part. It seems like the whole point of Doesn't the podcast. It? <laughs> yeah. Um, but nobody follows it closely enough for us to really do it. But yeah, I guess that's true. But you well, do. This you is do. like, this is the 95th one. There's too fucking much at this point. <laughs> yeah. Who can we remember can the we'll real history, let alone the fake one? I remember the time traveling feminists now and all. Yeah, some of them, some of them really fun. stand out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, given that this was their first time making a person, uh, they got it a little wrong, and he popped up in Ireland. Luckily, <laughs> uh, was taken in by a family. The suffragists lost track of him and assumed their experiment had just gone awry, even though they felt he was kind of out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know, soon William was sent to a dude ranch uh, in Kansas, as Wikipedia and Brian said. Um, <laughs> There, uh, he met a cow whose body was... (laughs) Cow? It's not funny yet. It's just a cow, okay? Uh, (laughs) Just the phrase, he met a cow. He met a cow uh, whose body was inhabited by the recently deceased uh, Vincent Van Gogh, um, because not only are witches Mm. real, but reincarnation is too, and it's a bit of a bitch. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, all day long, Vincent was able to do nothing but admire nature, but should he become depressed? He went... What? Oh, he went from a chopped off ear to having a tag in his ear. It's kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Then, he know. painted with spots. Now he's covered in Jesus spots. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He goes from the drinker of milk to the, anyway. Yeah. I mean, he mostly but, yeah. drank like whiskey and shit. He could self-loathing or have an itch on his ear. All he could do was swat at it with his paintbrush-like tail that never got to paint. Uh, <laughs> Ironic. So, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, anyway, William learned a lot from Vincent Van Moo. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Vincent hated that. It wasn't even a clever pun, but that's what William <laughs> called him. Uh, and mostly, you know, he learned about acting because if the spirit of Vincent Van Gogh could pretend to be happy as a cow, by golly, anything was possible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little Charlotte's Web going on a little bit. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, anyway, he uh, <clears throat> he left the cow and uh, moved to <laughs> moved to New York to pursue acting and to get away from Vincent's incessant moaning and mooing uh and in new york william ran into the group of women who had voted him into existence uh they secretly tried again to <laughs> always awkward for their cause, or even just to talk to him and make him less of a womanizing bastard uh but he'd been separated for them for too long so amid his attempts to act start a family and just not die in new york William felt the pull of his birthright and would disappear for weeks at a time just to wander in the city and decide if he was mad to think at times that perhaps women should get to vote. Where did this thought come from? Why did it plague him? Uh, Eventually it drove him mad and he left for California and started to work in silent films. Um, He didn't know why, but he felt an incredible connection to the actors in silent films. They didn't have a voice and he thought deep down that that was wrong and he should help (laughs) represent them somehow. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) he just just didn't understand that they didn't have the technology for it yep (laughs) Uh, real quick uh you guys are able to hear me for a second there was a microphone slash through on my thing so i just want to make sure i'm clean again no yeah i can i can can hear you now it was only for like 10 seconds it's not a big deal so good to go okay all right 
Um, yeah, as I said, his life is very similar to the one in the books. He lived feeling torn in different directions. On the one hand, he loved womanizing. On the other hand, maybe he respected them for some reason. Uh, so he went to war for a while to get away from it all. And then in 1920... <laughs> I need to relax. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go to World War One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was tired of the battle within, you know. Uh, <laughs> And then in 1922, a year after the Fatty Arbuckle scandal, as you mentioned, uh, William became disillusioned with Hollywood. Uh, He went mad seeing the injustices and hidden depravity of of the world, and so he decided he wanted to send a message to all the men in the business, and that message was simple. Hey, women can kill us and probably never get caught if we keep this shit up. Uh, (laughs) So uh, he shot himself in the back. Uh, <laughs> uh, nearly impossible task, you'd think, but William was a nearly impossible man. Uh, <laughs> Can I just untangle this motivation for a moment? Yeah. <laughs> so he committed a false murder, accused women of the murder with yeah. the intention of making other men more afraid of women. In order to empower or disempower women? He wasn't sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I get, like, the Manson family wanted to start a race war, so they're like, oh, black people did this. Like, that was to to drag them through the mud. This one, I'm not clear. This one, it's kind of to empower them. Okay. Uh, And yeah, and he wanted men to be scared of them a little bit, but also, yeah, um... But unfortunately, everybody was just into scandals and wanted people to be bad secretly, so his plan uh, really backfired. Do you get it? Uh-huh. Is this the origin of the term? That sound, listeners, was Allison looking me dead in the eye and slapping the table. I think, is this the origin of that term? Yes, it is. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. And uh, that would be the end of the story, uh, except William forgot about reincarnation uh, that he learned about with the cow. Classic mistake. Classic mistake. You forget that he learned a religion is real. Um, (laughs) Indiana Jones makes this mistake all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Uh, Quite a stupid man when you think about it. And, but, you know, William wasn't exactly a normal soul, uh, so for a while, before he could inhabit a living thing, he b- bounced around in cartoons for a while, uh, forced to exist with oh, the that's limitations fun. of how he was drawn. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who Yakko Warner was in life. <laughs> <laughs> Adolf Hitler did not see that one coming. <laughs> I did not realize that Animaniacs had a last name also. Yep. Oh, the Warner Brothers. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the whole joke. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, I get it. Now. The Warner Brothers and their sister Dot. This yes. only 90 kids, 90s kids will remember. Yeah, it's, it's on Netflix. Sure. Um, <laughs> oh, shit, really? It was. Oh. Um... Uh, and in 1940, uh, William influenced the spirit of Bugs Bunny, uh, coining the phrase, <laughs> what's up, doc, specifically to mock the doctor who hadn't even bothered to turn over his body and see the bullet hole. Um, over his years as cartoons, he began to sympathize greatly with all of the people and creatures of the world that can't escape the bonds of their birth, forced to be just drawn that way. 
Anyway, he learned a lot. Uh, and then in 1941, William Desmond Taylor was reincarnated as Bernie Sanders. Uh, and in 2020, he was elected president of the United States before being tragically... Why did I write this part? In, uh, in 2022, shot in the back. Because uh, time is a flat circle and no one learns anything in history, for sure, repeats. Uh, well, I guess... I guess the silver lining is that a man who was democratically elected to exist by women. <laughs> if a woman, if a woman can't become president, at least a man who was democratically chosen to exist by women. <laughs> yeah, the spirit of that man. I was a thank you. Yep. <laughs> Also, I wonder if I was thinking of, like, what's up, Doc, when I said, ooh, doctor. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. They're very different. I think, you were, I think you were thinking of your Doctor Erotica series that we found yeah. on Goodreads. <laughs> doctor, hey. Um, is, this, is this name, like, whatever, Kaylee Fl- Field or whatever, a, 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 synony- a pseudonym for you, by chance? I mean, they're very similar names, Field and Flynn. Yeah. Yeah. That might not be uh, it. I've closed the page. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't need to dig it up. Um, listeners, before we move on to judgment, um, just want to remind you that you can always ask us a question, leave us a comment uh, at revisionistpodcast at gmail.com. Indeed, or... we, we might even respond to it. We almost did last week and didn't because of technical difficulties. Yes. Um, Ooh, doctor. Which we could do that like in the next episode, or I can cut that. Sorry, I can cut my so, rambling. But out. leave us, leave us a review where you say, "Ooh, doctor, this is one good <laughs> podcast." <laughs> five stars, doctor. Five out of five doctors. And announce. <laughs> and you know yeah, you who's a doctor? doctor You're a doctor if you say you are. So say on the review, "I'm a doctor," <laughs> and I agree. <laughs> Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for Revisionist Podcast. Um, we're a proud member of the Denver Podcast Network. Check that out at denverpodcast.net. Um, Allison, this episode is coming out on the 7th of September. Mm. Um, do you have anything you'd like to plug? You are going to be on High Plains Comedy Festival uh, at the end of September. Um, how about We Still Like You, September 16th, 8pm at the Bumpport Theater. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a great, great show, and that's a great, great venue. Um, check that out. Yes, come. If you are in Denver. Um... Zach, did you want to mention anything for September 7th? I uh, am deeply in an intensive boot camp class for the month of September and October and will not be doing much of anything but that. Yeah, I, I figured. Just want to be sure. Um, as for me, listeners, the next uh, the next round of Know Your Shit Comedy TED Talks is going to be September 21st at Tandem Bar uh, in Denver. Uh, it's a very fun time. The theme for that one is going to be villains uh so check that out um but that brings us to judgment and zag i believe that's uh your role it's it's so dark where you are like the camera yeah this is what happens we record about this time of night it goes from like light to pure dark 
as I retreat to my judges' quarters to consider the facts. Um, there are some interesting uh, aspects to this story. Uh, I appreciate, I think we had a lot of fun recapping the true history. I am intrigued, however, by, um, I think that the, one, the second story confirms reincarnation, which is nice, just in general. <laughs> um, is it? <laughs> I've done one of these shits so far, and I'm not. Yeah. As long as you don't remember the last one, maybe, but these people <laughs> clearly do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like remembering your middle school, like, fuck up. Except it's 200 years in the future and it's your third body. Um, <laughs> but still. But still. Um, but also, I like uh, that uh, this is maybe our first alternate history that also predicts the future. Which is an interesting twist. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting twist. Um, uh, I am... Full disclosure, personally, a bit more predisposed to Warren, but I would welcome a Bernie president uh, presidency over what we have currently with open arms very readily. And uh, so I want to live in such a world and also, um, if I may say, possibly that means if another thing happens in 2020, no matter what that thing is, the podcast itself has to exist in an alternate version of history. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and that oh, is that is too tempting to give up, so I'm going to go with the alternate history right now. All nice. right. Uh, listeners, uh, voting is now open on Patreon, and then the last ditch uh, voting will be on Instagram later this week, so keep checking that out. Uh, Allison, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Zach, thank you as always. Of course, yep. Thank you, Zach. For everyone here at the Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. <laughs> have a, Don't know why that came out that way. Have yeah. a. Also, thank you. I, I thank you, everybody. I didn't say thank you back. I felt rude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good time, Doctor. Yep.